0: Hi, my name's Tori, and I wish I knew more about blood products.
1: Hi, my name's Leticia. I wish I knew more about taking care of myself when starting shift work. Hi, my name is Olivia. I wish I would know more about how to work as in a team and solve conflict.
0: Hello, welcome to Five Things, the nursing podcast from the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital. My name is Liz Crowe.
1: I'm Jesse Spur, and this is a podcast by, for, and with the amazing nurses and health professionals in our corner of the world. We hope to connect with a global community as we move from surviving to thriving. Welcome to Five Things.
0: Hi, my name is Liz Crow,
1: and I'm Jesse Spur. And we're here for a little bit of a different episode where as we go towards the launch of the RBWH and Beyond self-care 14-day challenge, which is going to kick off on the 13th of February this year. So coming pretty soon, Liz.
0: It is. So this follows on last year. I did a 14-day self-care challenge for the staff at the Royal. Um, We had hundreds and hundreds of people engage. And essentially what it is, is that every day you, you receive a booklet on an email and every day there is a reflection and an optional qr code or activity um, something to engage with to make people really more thoughtful and more proactive about their own well-being and self-care this year because we have the medium of the podcast we're going to embed a few podcast episodes just to really help people i guess think and learn new things about well-being
1: I was always pretty sceptical about challenges and stuff like that, but we're going to get into it in the five things about why you should invest in self-care into kind of some of the science but and reasons and just happy anecdotes about why this stuff can work. Um, I got, like, I'd encourage everyone to think of it a little bit differently, whether you're doing it as a bit of a tune-up, whether you're doing it just to bring a bit of attention to what your habits, good, bad or ugly are currently. Um, I found the couple of times I've done these sort of challenges, I did one called the whole life challenge, which was quite Interesting, and it very much designed about bringing just conscious attention to the stuff that you're already doing, um, which is kind of that first thing about then being able to attend and deliberately change your habits or lifestyle for the better.
0: Yeah, look, I think the thing is, is that everybody wants well-being. Everybody asks for it. But then doesn't re- really know how to enable that, how to build it into their lives. What other practicalities? And it's like anything, right? You know, you think, "Look, I really need to start taking better care of myself." You you eat properly for two days. You you know, try some a mindfulness app, and then you're like, "Oh, stuff it! I'll watch Netflix." You know, like it, it's it's something that has to be proactive, and you have to build it into your everyday life. You can't wait until you're having a crisis to go you know, what did that person say about wellbeing and where's that pamphlet on something? You've you've got to have it ready to go all the time as part of, you know, your own overall resilience. Yeah.
1: And it's got to be pragmatic, which I think leads in very nicely to our first point, which you're going to tell us a little about. but our job is not normal.
0: No, look, I, th- I think this is so important for us to talk about as healthcare professionals, is that on the whole... Being a healthcare professional, being exposed to bodily fluids, nudity, uh, you know, pain, grief, trauma, adversity.
1: Sounds like a big night out in the valley, really.
0: <laughs> but, you know, those things are not how the average person experience professional life. Like outside of the defence forces and the emergency services, uh, maybe the court system, child protection, there are very few places where people could be um, verbally abused on a regular basis, as I said, see nudity, be exposed to really difficult emotions. And what happens is, as healthcare professionals, I think there's a developmental component to this, that over time we sort of become a little bit numb to it or that it being abnormal becomes our normal. But it goes somewhere. You know, that whole thing, the body keeps a score... Sometimes there's a cumulative kind of um, wearing down, I guess, of your wellbeing. And look, you and I have both been in this industry for a very long time. We've seen some pretty horrific things. We've had some really high highs. Um, It's not to say that it's not survivable, but it's not survivable unless you proactively do things to look after yourself.
1: Yeah. And I think the other point that's really important to hit on with this, our job is not normal, is we often work shift patterns. Our lifestyle isn't one that easily necessarily lends itself to forming and building healthy habits. Um, There's a, Horrible layering of privilege that comes into a lot of the popularised yeah. perspectives of well-being. And I think that makes it quite hard to engage with sometimes. You've seen the the guy with the washboard abs influencer on Instagram. It's like, you've got no kids and you're just filming videos uh, for a couple of hours a day and then you can work out and have – whatever food you want to have.
0: Yeah. And like, I think that's a real frustration for healthcare professionals because, you know, they go to something on wellbeing and it's like sleep nine hours every night, stay in a routine. I mean, that is just not a Do possibility. Do some
1: yoga, drink plenty of water.
0: Do some mindfulness. I mean, they're they're not the realities of a shift worker that it's not pragmatic, it's not practical. And so we really want to encourage things that you can embed whatever your shift hours are, the the fact that you have a rotating roster um, and that you're, you know, part of a crazy dynamic system where day-to-day most of you won't have a clue what the day will involve.
1: And so this challenge is designed specifically for people that are working in and around the healthcare system? Yes, it is. Okay. So we'll get on to point number two, which is an extension of our job is not normal. We work in a service that we can't close the doors. It's not like that we found something wrong with the plane. We're not going to take off today. That baby's taken off with us on board every day.
0: Yeah. Look, again, I I often reflected this over the Christmas period. You know, I have friends who are teachers. I have friends who own their own business, uh, people in finance, uh, real, you know, Everyone's like, oh yeah, we're closing the doors, you know, December 20 and we're not opening again until uh, January 14th and we're exhausted and we can't wait. I mean, we never have that luxury. This is a 24-7 service every day of the year and that includes Christmas Day and New Year's Day, you know, like whatever the c- celebrations of your particular faith or religion or your birthday or your crisis, this... You know, health is open for business and that included during a pandemic. Yeah.
1: So the, those finding ways to, I guess, recover, nourish, sustain yourself in the midst of that. I, I think we've got to also acknowledge, like we're not painting a doom and gloom picture here. We're, no. we're also reminded on a daily basis of how fortunate we are um, by we're constantly seeing many, many of our patients and their families at kind of the lowest points in their life. So there's there's this kind of healthy balance in terms, of, in terms of perspective and being forced to zoom back out and not feel too sorry for ourselves, but it it is a machine that never stops.
0: Yeah, that's right. And so again, you know, what, what wellbeing looks like for someone who works in retail uh, will be significantly different about what it needs to look like for us be, simply because it's a seven day a week, 24 hours a day. And so as part of that, you know, People laugh at me. I've mentioned this before. I went on a sandwich diet. Like I just found as a social worker who responded to calls or Code Blues, whatever you want to call them, you know, every time you'd finally get some lunch at ten past two in the afternoon, you'd put it in, you'd heat it up in the microwave and you'd have to go to a code. Every single time. Like, And so often what would happen is the third time you've heated it up, you throw it in the bin because you're worried that you're going to give yourself something and then you get hungry and you eat rubbish. And I realised that if you take a sandwich, you can have a bite of it and then you can run to a code and then you can come back and have another bite of it. Now, you know, a sandwich is not for everyone, but protein bars, a handful of nuts, an apple, these are all things that you can consume, stop, come back to it, you know, shove it in your mouth. And, and keep going while you're in a, in a part of a busy shift. And so this un- inability to close the doors is again going back to when we're looking at our well being, incorporating the realities of this job. So being able to say, right, when I'm on night duty, I probably need to eat a little bit differently. Or perhaps, you know, I only do, not only, but I have four nights of shift work a month during those days I, I just cannot exercise that's the reality night duty knocks me around you build that in as part of your well-being program
1: awesome so then the third point you've got is self-care is patient care and i mean that sounds a bit like a platitude but <laughs> doesn't it but yeah. there is some genuine reality in that
0: actually there's science behind that so oh, science bomb on me exactly the social worker who knows science but <laughs> What What is really important is that, that um, you know, I know this even as a single parent or as a working parent, it's very easy, you know, when I was doing my research, a lot of people said, look, I was really good at self-care. I was really good at a routine before I had kids. You know, because if I had to go out and exercise at 4am before a shift, I did. Or if at 11 o'clock at night, you know, I just went to the 24-7 gym, I did once you've got kids or you're breastfeeding or whatever, that it becomes so much more challenging. But what we know is if you give something to yourself, if your body is fueled in the right way, if you've managed to have 10 minutes of reading a book or or doing some mindfulness or doing your knitting or whatever it is that floats your boat, um, that when you come back, you're a better clinician, you're a better friend, you're a better... Uh, you're more patient, you've got a a broader bandwidth cognitively to be creative, to respond to things in a much more measured way. So if you are dedicated to being the best healthcare professional you can or the best partner or the best child, uh, or the best friend, it doesn't matter. But if you are committed to that, it is that whole put your oxygen mask on first – attend to yourself and then you can look after everyone else in your sphere of influence. There's no point being a martyr about this. If you don't look after yourself in no way that is healthy, eventually you won't be able to look after anyone else either.
1: Yeah, and I find that there's things that you don't really have a choice. Your Your kids will always keep taking energy from you. Your work will, by necessity, keep taking energy from you. And so the thing often that I've found left at times that the, that's left to neglect is your personal relationships yeah um, and I think you the extension on that for me has been when I've been able to get into good habits around self-care, I find the big thing that changes with me is my reactivity to things. so it's that yeah. I've got that space, that breathing room between stimulus and response to actually, have enough breathing space to make a choice about my reaction rather than just reflexively react to a situation. Yeah, and that flows into work. It flows into very much um, parenting. Mm. Uh, flows into incredibly into my marital relationship. Um, so yeah, I, th- I totally get that premise of yeah. self care. Well, it creates choices yeah. and gives space to actually be present and thinking and deliberate about what we're doing
0: and look I don't think there's a healthcare professional who listen to this who doesn't say look I, I just give so much at work I come home I don't want anyone to speak to me you know and then you loved ones are like how is your day and you, you, you've got nothing left you know I say to people it would be better to say to your family dinner's going to be 20 minutes later or I'm not going to be home later or you know what to a little white lion say I'm stuck in traffic. ...and go for a 20-minute walk somewhere... ...or play heavy metal music on the way home... ...and and take the long, you know, route home to, to, you know... ...to just give yourself some space to unwind or to talk to a friend... ...so that when you walk in the door and those demands are there waiting... ...whether it's your puppy, whether it's your flatmates... ...it doesn't matter. You've had some time to kind of pause gets a little bit of energy back into your own psyche and then you can, you know, engage with others.
1: And so, like, these are all sort of ideas and activities that are going to be promoted through the 14-day challenge, self-care challenge. So a bit of a speed dating of some... (laughs) Yeah, principles well-being principles that kind of next step is habit formation isn't it which is is your point four which is we are what we repeatedly do yeah 14 days isn't long enough to embed that but it's certainly a good test bed to see what of these ideas fits in my regular old 14 day schedule
0: and look you know as i said i've been that single parent uh who's working long hours and studying on top of that and You know, you can martyr yourself and think there is literally no space in the day for me to do anything. But one thing I always did is I showered really late at night and that meant the kids were in bed and I'm sorry for the environment but, you know, I would have an eight or nine-minute shower and metaphorically visualise myself rinsing the day off, just rinsing it away. That can be a well-being principle. You know, if if that's all you've got time to do, then do it and do it well and do it with real, um, a, a real conscious kind of I'm stepping into this and then I'm going to wash this away and I'm going to give myself a break and some rest because tomorrow is another hard, fast-paced day.
1: I don't think there was a more true thing that every nurse could connect to with literally scrubbing your skin off after some shifts and that sometimes is for emotional reasons and sometimes for exposure reasons. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that's one that I'm sure will resonate with a lot of people.
0: Yeah, and that whole, you know, we are what we repeatedly do. Um, I, I often talk to people these days about what is your numbing agent? Yeah. Okay, You've had a really horrific day. Uh, you're tired, you're exhausted. Remembering that we're talking about this because there are days that are magnificent and fulfilling, yeah. but you've had a really horrific day. What is your default? What is the thing that you do without thinking? Is it pulling into a fast food place because you just cannot bear the thought of cooking? Is it, you know, pulling into a alcohol store to get a bottle of wine because you're trying to numb through alcohol? Is it pulling out your phone and, you know aimlessly, mind-numbingly watching TikTok for hours on end while you try to put the memories and the thoughts away. The thing is, is that what we want to encourage people to do during this challenge is to think, what are your numbing agents and what are your habits and what are the ways that you could tweak or change things so that, okay, you're going to get takeaway, we know that's going to happen, how do you make a good choice? (laughs) How do you avoid that street and go somewhere where, you know, it's it's just a healthier thing that it's actually going to help you recover physically and mentally for whatever you have to do the next shift the next day?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's that bringing deliberate choice um, to something to, rather than just passively absorbing that little dopamine hit that you're yeah. getting through screen time, you're getting through um, the association with the fast food, you're getting through going and getting a bottle of wine. There's times that those activities will all be associated with reward and something and actually pleasure and genuinely enjoying it. But there's times that that can become a crutch.
0: And, you know, like for me, I am a comfort eater. I I really have been for a long time. So stopping and getting chips feels like a reward. Like I've had a hard day, I'm sad, I'm whatever, I'm eating chips. But I never at the end of that bag feel sustained. I never at the end of that bag go, what a stellar decision... I now feel better. And so in the research around habit, it says don't break a habit, change a habit. So it might be, okay, that's your default, you know that. If the chips aren't in the cupboard and you don't stop, there's no chance to get that. What about if you rewarded yourself with um, green grapes and a really fun dance class? What about if you rewarded yourself in a way that actually is more sustainable and builds resilience rather than leaves you feeling flat and overweight or sluggish?
1: So I guess the 14-day challenge is going to kind of provide some menu items for your own personal well-being plan, um, for want of a better way of putting it, some of those things that can actually nudge or change your existing habits that you can try – go, maybe that's not for me. Yeah, not everything um, will be. Out of it and then then take the next step and the next step. And some of these topics we will dive into in quite a deep way with podcasts so that you'll have more than just the cursory – five-minute speed date, but others will be activities that are um, scattered throughout the handbook that will come with it.
0: That's right. And look, around habit, you know, a lot of people bandy things around. Uh, the The science shows it's between 51 days and 91 days uh, to form a habit. Um, and the the more accessible something is to you, the more you're likely to engage with it. So if that's, for me, a bag of chips then if I've got it in my cupboard, chances are I'm going to eat it. Whereas if it's like I want to drink more water, if I get myself a nice water bottle and I carry it with me and I have it bedside when I'm caring, I'm more likely to drink that water.
1: Okey-doke. And so your fifth point is that a lot of our well-being in work and a lot of our connection and reasons for keeping going with our grossly abnormal <laughs> work at times is our team. So this concept of that teams are both a reason for us to maintain our well-being but also a big source of our well-being
0: that's right that whole the team that plays together stays together is true there's an emotional contagion among stuff as well so if i come into the ward and every day i go oh god so awful and it's terrible and i feel terrible and you know this is the worst thing and we're living the dream and i will drag everyone down with me so there's a a real emotional contagion so be careful what you're spreading it'd be the first thing. But as a teen, if you took on the 14-day self-care challenge, if you say to your friends, you know, let's walk three times this week or let's commit to going to a movie and just having fun this week, um, when you know someone's waiting for you to do something fun or to go to the gym or to whatever, you're so much more motivated to like and likely to go but you're also more likely to enjoy it. My friends know that often when they want to catch up. I'm not a coffee drinker and I'm not a wine drinker. What I love to do is walk. People tease me about it, but just last night I had a new friend coming over and I said, do you want to do a walk first? And he was like, not really. And I was like, no, come on, you know, I live by the ocean, it'll be fun. He couldn't believe we walked 6.2Ks because we were laughing the whole way. You don't notice it so much when you're with someone else. And so if you embark on wellbeing as a team sport – Uh, As a team effort, whether that team is two people or 20 people or 100 people, you're much more likely not only to succeed but also more likely to repeat the behaviour.
1: Awesome. So I'm sold. Um, How can people find this? How can we navigate to the 14-Day Self-Care Challenge when we're looking?
0: So we're going to put it up on Twitter. We're going to attach it. Um, on the Monday to the podcast, so that people can find it on a QR code. But no matter wherever you are in the world, if you email me on Liz L I Z dot Crow C R O W E at health dot qld dot, G-O-V dot au, I will send you a copy of it. Now, bear in mind, I will still be working during all of this, and I have no administrative support but will, we will get it to you. So um, there'll be a couple of ways to find it on our, on our Twitter, with the podcast or via email. Um, but, you know, reach out to us if this is something of interest to you or your team and the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital and my position funded by the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital Foundation um, has said that this year we can spread the joy
1: sounds awesome looking forward to it starting on february 13th just before valentine's day
0: yes and that's a very deliberate thing because uh well you know self-care is self-love really
1: perfect way to finish thanks lise thank you the royal brisbane and women's hospital five things nursing podcast acknowledges the Turrbal and Yagara as the first nations owners of the lands we now tread we pay respect to their elders laws, customs, and creation spirits. We recognize that these lands have always been places of healing, teaching, and learning. We also wish to acknowledge the First Nations people of the lands of our global community and encourage our listeners to seek out, listen, and learn from the knowledge held in your shared space. As well as all major podcast outlets, you can find us at fivethingsnursing.podbean.com. Please also subscribe and give us a rating on your listening platform of choice. This helps others find the podcast. And finally, if you'd like to connect with Liz or myself on Twitter, we can be found at Liz Crow 2. And for me, it's inject underscore orange. We would absolutely love to hear your thoughts, ideas, or feedback. Thanks for listening to 5 Things